Hi, this is presenter Crystal Dinapoli, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity, a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R each Sunday afternoon. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU. Uh, hi everyone, this is Nari Blow. I'm filling in for Crystal. Um, really excited to be here. Um, really lovely to be on Wurundjeri and Bunurong lands um, and also be here right at the start of NADOC week. Happy NADOC! <laughs> it's such a great week. It's so nice to be around everyone and to see community that I've grown up with on Wurundjeri land. Just want to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Wurundjeri um, elders and ancestors and also Bunurong country because I get to go visit my family out down the Mornington Peninsula way on beautiful Bunurong lands as well. So I am really happy to be here. Last night we celebrated at the National NADOC Awards, Big Ball, which is very exciting. The theme for this week, so NADOC week is always the first week of July. Uh, There's some beautiful flag raising ceremonies. Um, I really encourage you to go along if you have the chance to. And um, there's lots of just beautiful events that are put on by local community and the community really work their asses off to bring all these events together. And um, it's really great to see community come together because we haven't had a chance to do it for a long time. It's been, you know, with the pandemic and with COVID, um, we haven't had that chance to get together. So it is good. I should actually introduce myself properly. I just realised I've just been yarning away here talking about NADOC. Uh, My name's Nari Blow. I'm a medical doctor in public health is my specialty. So my passion is health promotion, wellbeing, health prevention, but I also teach medical students at Melbourne University um, and I've been working as a medical advisor on the pandemic. So that is why the pandemic has been very much part of um, my world the last couple of years like it has for all of us. And um, I love to just um, get out there and and go to community events when um, I'm here. I, I live part-time on um, in Brisbane, um, Mugajan. I live up there um, on Yugger and Turrbal lands and that's to be close to my father's country, his Nunaku from Kondamukka country and my mother's people are Yorta Yorta from down Victoria which is why I grew up on, on Wurundjeri country. So that's a bit about me and um, I just wanted to take a moment to go back to talking about NADOC and the theme because there's a really great theme to NADOC every year and this one um, was called, well, it's based around get up, stand up, show up. So I really like this theme because really what this is essentially what our communities have been doing um, for a long time. And I want to actually dedicate this show to the activists, um, particularly around the 70s, um, particularly around Fitzroy area uh, on Wurundjeri country, because these are you know, the community members that had, that not only stood up for human rights, but actually, you know, encouraged community to be able to lead and run their own services and supports. And this is where the first Aboriginal Health Service started. So the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service uh, down on Nicholson Street uh, in 
Uh, Fitzroy is actually the first health service that was created in Melbourne, Aboriginal Health Service, and it's the second one in Australia after Redfern. And this health service is still around and still supporting community. Uh, also since then, there's been a lot of other Aboriginal health services that have popped up around Melbourne, knowing that our communities have really spread out um, to other areas. And those services just do a phenomenal job. And I want to take a moment to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health workers that have really been frontline workers in the last couple of years. And, and hopefully they all get to celebrate this week um, now that, you know, we're in this you know, the state of, I wouldn't say post-COVID, but I would say that it's, um, that it's definitely um, a change and we have a chance to actually get together and be together. And with this theme as well, um, I suppose you can stand up in many different forms and being a health advocate, of course, I know it's probably theoretical, that theme, but not everyone, you know, has to stand up physically or stand up um, in people's faces or, um, you know, in a way that I really encourage and love the protest work that a lot of our communities do, and I think that's really important. There's also a lot of communities, um, community members that are standing up in ways that are really humble um, and may not seem, you know, uh, like a big activist movement, but just their words and their encouragement to other um, young mob has really made a difference. And I see that. I've last night um, at the ball, we had Nawi, Carolyn Briggs, Ani Joy Murphy, and Ani Dyker was not there, but these are elders and aunties that have really encouraged and supported me, my family, and lots of community around Melbourne. And I see just those conversations that they have. I had this beautiful moment where a good friend of mine, Todd Fernando, just finished his PhD and, and he actually showed Annie Joy his acknowledgement in his PhD um, to her. And it was just a lovely moment to see that and to see all the encouragement and support that each other um, had for each other last night. And also the celebration those awards being given out. It was pretty incredible. Such a good show. And Emma Donovan was up there, um, absolutely killing it on stage. Uh, just a beautiful moment. And um, if you are in Victoria and you have a chance to go to the Victorian Nadoc Ball, I encourage you to get a ticket because it will probably be as good as last night. I'm really lucky to be joined now um, by Mandy Nicholson. So I feel like this woman doesn't need an introduction, um, especially a traditional owner of this country. It's so nice to be on Mandy's country at the moment. And Mandy Nicholson is actually born in Hillsville. She's a Wurundjeri and Jaja Wurrung and Nora Ilum Wurrung woman, a long-time practising artist and um, current State Library Victoria Fellow. And so she actually specialises in acrylic painting as well as digital works, public art, and interior design installations. And artistic style really reflects the carving culture of southeastern Australia with symmetrical lines and diamond motifs. And just in general, she's just a pretty incredible woman who's really supported young community around um, Melbourne, around Nam, and also I've you know, been lucky enough to also be around her and growing up um, around her and, and seeing her beautiful daughters as well um, grow up on this country. So welcome, Mandy. 
Hi, Nari. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, not my show. I'm filling in, but thank you for coming. Well, it's your show today. It is. Yeah, um, I'm... I have a little bit of a throat issue, so hopefully we can make it through the interview. But it's all about NADOC. I always get um, over my voice always gets overused for NADOC, but it's for a good cause, so I'm not talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Before we even get into talking about your beautiful work, let's just talk about NADOC. You must already be exhausted because I can imagine there's been lots of preparation coming up to this week, and I'm sure you've got so much happening for NADOC. Tell me a bit about it. Well, every NADOC, we, we try to make it, you know, a priority because everyone wants us at all these different events. So we try to make mm-hmm. priority community events. So we last night we were um, at the National NADOC Awards night and it was such a great experience that, you know, after uh, COVID and everything, everyone's come together. It was such a positive, happy vibe. And that's the vibe that I get every year during NADOC. I mean... It, it should become, you know, NADOC month, you know, that there's so yeah. much interest in it that people book ahead um, the week before, the week after. And, and when school's back on, it's really something that we're, we're in the time now. When I was growing up, none of, this thing, none of these things happened when I was going to school. So we just really try to support as much as we can the schools to get in there and give them a little bit of cultural education about the country that they're living on and about the traditional custodians of that. So, yeah, it's just a a really special week and we're very proud and lucky that we're able to contribute to that in, in, you know, big ways sometimes, but small ways are the most important ways. Yeah. It's, I can't believe that in last night I actually just realised that I didn't even get a chance to see you. That's the way with these <laughs> awards. Uh, you just you see so many people in one room and you're going from one person to the next saying hello and I can't believe I missed you, but I'm sure yeah, I, well, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you were there until I saw a photo of you. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> he was there. <laughs> yeah, there were thousands of people there. It was great. I know. I saw Kaya and Dana, though. It was really nice to see them. And we'll yeah. get to see each other next week. And I might talk about that a bit later. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's really – it is – it's exactly what you were saying. It's just such a good moment to actually finally get together. And, and yeah, the the night last night was incredible and just – such a big event they're becoming bigger and bigger every year I think yeah we're very lucky yeah definitely and like Stacey Piper she's warrior woman Mm. (laughs) you know organizing it all and uh it's just I'm so I'm just so proud to be you know a, a descendant of this country this land that we're on I'm so lucky and able to you know I can go back generations but I'm so not taking that for granted because I know a lot of people cannot find their connection or they don't know their connection to their mob or their country so I really I reach out and embrace those fellas because you know it, there's too many of us out there that just can't get that connection and it's not their fault mm. Mm. Yeah, completely agree with that. And it, it is, yeah, I've got to give a shout out to Stacey because she, she does an incredible job organising mm. NADOC pretty much every year and she got up on stage as well and did a great job last night. And, yeah, I completely agree with you that, you know, we are very lucky, you know, to be able to have these NADOC events. But, yeah, just to be first peoples of this country and um, and it's really special also I just what you do and... Um, your work with jury juries and then the work you do with just sharing knowledge um, with schools through art, 
through uh, through song. It's just incredible that you do that. So I just want to acknowledge you and 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 pay respect for that. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, like I think about when people like introduce me and uh, with all the different things that I've done, I'm like, wow, I've done heaps. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll continue to do more. Nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, let's talk about what you've done because um, I know that you've got this exhibition at the moment at the State Library in Victoria, Handmade mm-hmm. Universe, From Craft to Code and the Spaces Between. And you've got this beautiful, striking textile work there at the moment. Is it Tharangalkbik? Am I saying that right? Yeah, well, basically, this, like, in the year 2000, I had a solo exhibition, and that's my only ever solo exhibition that I've had. So this, I've been part of other exhibitions, but this one is my largest, and it forms part of other artists' work. So the main piece, um, I didn't do the tapestry piece, but the main tapestry piece in there was done by a lady who is also a... Um, software engineer or she she can decode things Mm. and she's a scientist and she's like amazing so her her piece basically is how all the rest of the works in the room are um, we're we're honoring her work so in terms of what her work is it's a tapestry of the Milky Way and all the constellations and all lights up and you can connect it to the iPad and and all these things with it so in terms of my one and how it connects to her artwork is the Milky Way just looks like a river anyway. It looks like, you know, it's a flowing river in the sky. Mm-hmm. And we've got all these beautiful cultural narratives from all different mobs around the world connected to the stars. So I thought, how can I honour her artwork? And then she also did the same thing. She honoured mine by putting some of the colour palette from mine into hers. So it was a really good partnership there. And I thought, how am I going to, you know... Uh, honour my connection to star country or Tarangog Big and I thought Bundrel he lives mm. up there in his spiritual form as the star Altair so I thought I don't want to do Bundrel um, as an eagle because I feel that Bundrel is used quite a lot and I wanted to honour him in a different way so the main element of my work has a big star a central star so that represents him and then a smaller star either side of him, which are Gunawada, the black swans, his two wives. And they've repeated that design right around, I think it's the Victoria Gallery, I think that's what it's called, in the State Library. And when I walked in there, before anything was in there, I thought, oh, this is really dark and cold and no natural light and very colonial. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't very welcoming. So I thought, how am I going to create something that really makes it culturally safe because it does not feel culturally safe and even like the Melbourne Town Hall as well is very similar Mm. so um, in terms of how to get that sort of embracing feeling is I worked with a digital artist who enlarged my work and he also worked on the uh, placement of all the exhibition pieces And the idea was to, well, I wanted to use the skylights, but it was all heritage listed and I wasn't allowed to go above a certain limit on the wall. And I said, oh, look, I don't want to go like a sticker or anything like that. I want to make it something really unique. So we put our heads together and he came across this material. It's pretty much like shade cloth material, so it's see-through, but you can get ones with bigger holes or small holes. So we went with the smaller holes one. And it just sort of sits, it's pinned up there on the wall, but also near the air vents and it moves. So it's flowing like that water. So it really worked well that way. 
Yeah, and then in the background of it, I've got um, the dreaming trails and the, the lines and symmetrical diamond motifs and things that are, like you were mentioning, are very unique to this part of the world. So mm. it's uh, and but the color palette as well was just from observing observing uh, the twilight sky when the sun's setting. There's all these beautiful colors that just you, you forget to absorb it when you're looking at it. It's like, oh yeah, that's pretty, but when you sit there and actually try to decipher all the different colors. It's so mesmerising. So that's that's the background colour palette and then the, the dreaming trails along that, again, the flowing theme, and then the stars on top of that. Hmm. Yeah, and I actually saw a photo of, I think it's you and potentially your daughters as well, just sitting back, lying back and yeah. looking at it. <laughs> and that's exactly how I want to look at it when I go and see it because it, it does, it looks like it feels like you're you know, you're looking at the Milky Way and you're looking at that story of the stars. Yeah, and they've got like a, a uh, what would you call it, like a little platform, a cushioned platform, and they, they encourage you to lie down on it. Um, oh, and great. Yeah, that's me, me and Kaya, just, she's like put a, my daughter putting her head on my shoulder and they sneakily took that photo, but I thought it was the best photo. Yeah. And, yeah, and when you lie down on that platform, it makes you, like when I walked in there when all the installations were put in there, I looked up to the skylights. They're not um, natural light skylights. They're just glass. It's a glass roof. And instantly I saw all of the artworks and the lighting of the tapestry one. And I've got another piece in there with the Southern Cross painted on a kangaroo skin. It all reflected Mm. up into the glass. And I thought, well, this is what Layers of Country is all about. And, And that's the other main theme I've got running through the artwork is the below country, on country, water country, wind country, sky country, and then star country. And it tells that narrative that country isn't just one one physical thing. It's a spiritual layered entity. Mm. Yeah, it is absolutely beautiful. And I love hearing the stories of six layers as well and um, and also just the significance of stars. Like you were saying, you know, in every First Nations culture, not even just around, you know, this place but also you know on Turtle Island and uh, across the sea we hear of stories around stars Um, but I want to hear a bit more from you about I guess the significance of um, the stars and the constellations and how that links in with this. Yeah well I think when I was mentioning about how the artworks were reflecting up into the, the, the glass roof that's what, when I talk about the layers of country and star country being where Bundrel lives in his spiritual form, but also his other spiritual helpers as well, the spirit birds, Jert Jert and Thara are the two pointer stars of the Southern Cross, oh, wow. and how that relates and reflects back down here, because star country literally, Tarang means tree, Golk is stick, and Beak is country. So when you delve into the meaning of language that's been sleeping for way too long, and I was just lucky enough one day when I was working at a language centre, I looked at the word Tarangolk, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, yep, and I I saw it as one word for so long. And then just breaking down and looking at other words and realising that the TH and the DH are interchangeable, so it's an in-between sound of both of those. Mm. And then I found singular words, um, Tarang I found on its own and then Golk I found on its own and I put them together and I was like, oh my goodness, that's Tarangolk big. So star, um, bush country um, up above the clouds. So just it's so exciting when you're delving into language and you rediscover something that's just waiting for you to like understand, oh, wow, that's what that means or that's what that means. And it's awesome uh, that 
I was able to really uncover that the meaning of that word uh, again and it enabled me to be able to share that cultural context of how it's reflected all the way down here and if you take one of those layers out it actually can't survive so it's really um it blew my mind that uh i was able to piece that together and i'm not saying i'm the only one that does it but when i was working and and discovered it in my own little space that i was doing um at my desk i I nearly fell off my chair (laughs) (laughs) it is beautiful about our languages though that there are just so many meaning meanings in one word and Mm. yeah and you hear that you know with every you know what we have is it 250 different first nations languages across what we call australia now and Mm. and yet we all have same sounds you know maybe not same words but similar sounds and and um and also yeah knowing that there's more than one meaning to a word which is why it's mm. just so significant because there's a story just in that one word, let alone if you think about the concepts and, and how it's all brought together, like you've shared with us today about the six layers of country and and how mm. that's been displayed. So I just love that about our culture. Yeah, and even like the word woman jikari is used everywhere, mm. but not, not that many people understand the cultural context of what the meaning of that word is. So that that can be broken down as well. So woman is to come from somewhere. G is an instruction of being asked, mm. and cut is purpose. So when when that's again the same moment, I nearly fell off my chair again when I thought, oh my goodness, that's that word there, and slight different spelling variations, but it's the same word, and I pieced it together. I'm like, wow, that is so much better than welcome. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and yeah. coming with purpose is so important too because. We see a lot of welcome to countries and, and sometimes I, I do feel like a welcome to countries organised just because it's known that it's protocol rather than yeah. what it's actually for. And oh, so a lot of them, yeah. yeah. So I, I love when that's explained to the audience uh, that mm. you actually do have to come with purpose and actually whatever this event is that you're having a welcome for, you've actually got to have some purpose and you've got to actually bring that purpose to to actually the traditional custodians of this land, but also the First Nations that actually live on this land. So yeah, I really yeah. love that. Yeah, it's really good. And it's not about, it makes them think, you know, it's not about just coming to a place and going, oh, hey, we're here and we're welcomed. It's about them having that obligation as well to care for country while they're on country. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same back the other way around. If I'm on someone else's country, I do the same thing. And it's all about cultural respect, following cultural law. And cultural law basically is, it dictates how you, you are, uh, like how you respect country, you respect others, you respect yourself, especially working around a lot of young girls. It's all about respecting body, respecting mm. self. And if you you know do something bad or wrong, like when we put the girls through a ceremony called Murum Turukuruk ceremony, mm. it teaches them how to act as a staunch black young woman but if they decide that they needed to do some another path that wasn't you know along the lines of a cultural life then we give the belt that we give them to dance with we take that from them and they have to earn it back so it's really cultural law is is something that sometimes we need to remind people like ourselves but other people have cultural law while on other people's country as well yes (laughs) completely agree and that symbolism is really important as well and and I've seen 
you know, the young girls also talk about possum skin and how proud they are. So I can imagine, you know, that process is actually really significant and probably more than, you know, just trying to have a conversation about, you know, what's been happening and, um, mm. yeah, that symbolism is so important and, and that's kind of why artwork is is so important because of the symbols that it represents. And I want to go back to something you said earlier about, you know, that space being very colonial and mm. trying to change that space. And a lot of people talk about indigenizing spaces or decolonizing spaces. Mm. And I just wondered what your thoughts are on that and, you know, what that means and the process that you went through to, to do that, I guess. Yeah, well, when I, at the launch, I actually said it in my speech, I said, this place is dark and cold and colonial, and I may have slipped in, you know, the invader word in there, <laughs> here and there, but you have to tell the truth, and I say to them, like, this building, it's not about this building and, you know, the architecture being heritage listed and things like that, it's about the cultural landscape that lay, lays beneath this building that still exists. Mm. It's like when, when you look at the city, you see all the buildings, but as a First Nations custodian of this land here in the city, uh, we look at it, we see the buildings, but we see through the buildings to what's underneath them because even though it's covered in concrete, it's still a cultural space, a sacred place. I don't yeah. say there's a sacred site there or a sacred site there. I say it's a, it's a sacred cultural landscape that needs to be maintained. And we, we do our best when there is concrete and everything built all over it, but the way that we do that is we help educate people that don't forget about the original knowledge sets that can be beneficial for the knowledge sets of today because we can work together to create something really awesome in our places and spaces that not only acknowledges, because acknowledgement is, is, is good, but it's only a tiny baby step towards actually incorporating and collaborating rather than just consulting all the time. Yes. There's a big difference between both of those. So, yeah, creating spaces and places that aren't something that is foreign in our own land, but making it something that comes first before everything else. And that, that can be through planning or um, architectural features in buildings mm. and, and making it more present because people will start to see, oh, there are Aboriginal people in Melbourne. Uh, they are still around. Their culture is still here. Mm. Rather than all those uh, bronze statues of all these people on horses and <laughs> yes. um, all these British people everywhere. So I think they all should come down mm. and we should put some women, black women leaders up there, central, like a huge... You know, like Barat, the, the matriarch of Wadangeri, like she is the reason we're all here today. She should be honoured somewhere in Melbourne. Yeah, wow. for sure. Yeah, I love that. I hope someone's mm. listening right now and can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me a bit about this matriarch. Oh, well, look, I'm so lucky that I'm able to have direct lineage to this woman. She's mm -hmm. Barack or William Barak's sister. Yeah. So Barack has his image on one of the buildings. If you look down from the Shrine of Remembrance down that Swanston Street, I think it is, you'll mm -hmm. be able to see his face. But I think that's quite a funny position because the Shrine of Remembrance honours all those that fought in wars, but blackfellas never were honoured or gifted or mm. all the, you know, compensations and everything that uh, non-Indigenous soldiers were given. So I, th I think that's really a juxtaposition. Um, yeah, it's a bit of out of, out of whack there. But um, Annie, she lived in a time where she watched her culture 
getting destroyed. She watched her people getting rounded up. Um, a lot of the women were, were raped. Um, a lot of children came of that, and she was one of those women. Mm-hmm. And she had about 10 children, and basically, like coming down to like my grandmother through the lineage of the staunch black women that I'm connected to, my grandmother had 18, uh, 16 kids, and wow. when you relate that to back to the 1800s, there were 18 Wadangeti people full stop. They, we nearly were obliterated, but, but my grandmother wasn't going to have any of that. She said, no, <laughs> I'm going to have all these kids. <laughs> Great. Keep the line yeah, going. So, yeah, yeah. So I've got so many cousins. I'm related to pretty much everyone, and I'm, I'm just so proud that, like, again, I'm so proud that I'm able to say, yes, I'm connected to this country i'm connected to all these women and the men too mm. but the, the women have played such a strong role in my upbringing all the aunties and even now still the aunties and and me being an auntie to all the girls too and uh, it's just really powerful and i'm, I'm just so proud to be blackfella <laughs> yeah definitely mm. yeah some amazing yeah tell me well, well stacy's just walked in she said hello oh great <laughs> hello stacy tell us she did a great job last night yeah, you did a great job last night. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I was saying, um, we, as when we were growing up, we weren't allowed to show our, our cultural identity without getting teased or called names or left out of things. Or mm. you know, we, we now we can express our culture without retribution. You know, like it's such, a, it's a changing time now, and I see the powerful, the power in our young women. I've got my niece Nigeria here. She's staunches and it's just really beautiful. lovely to watch yeah yeah it is it's beautiful uh the supporting community and you know as we've talked about especially with women and young women but also seeing you know generation feeling comfortable now to not also identify with the gender binary and and feel yeah. comfortable to say you know what um you know i may not identify as a woman or a man um, or I'm trans and just to see the support in community for that as well and also acknowledging you know that we have women's business and men's business but it's not binary and it never has been in our communities so it's been yeah that is also really nice to see as well and I saw that support last night too. Yeah and I mean like in my age group going to school literally if you weren't um, a white Australian, um, if you're anything different to that or if you, yeah, all the gender binaries and all the different ways people identify today, it's so good to see because that was not allowed when I was going to school and growing up. So the world is changing for the positive mm. and I think um, without talking about COVID all the time, COVID actually opened a lot of, uh, I don't know, how would you say it, like you saw families walking the dog, you saw families together, you saw them riding their bikes together, you saw the the world healing itself. So it was a wake-up call, like, come on, world, we've got to remember families, the most important thing, your community's the most important thing, don't forget about community again. So it was a bit of a slap in the face, like, hurry up and get back to the the real roots of why you're existing is your family. (laughs) Yeah, our ancestors Mm. have messages for us sometimes in different ways, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I want to ask you a bit about the NAIDOC theme as well. Um, You know, there's always a different theme. And I I think it always tends to be, it's so well chosen, I feel. It always just aligns with what's happening and what's going on. I guess the theme this year, get up, stand up, show up. I feel like you do that a lot. Um, But I wanted to know what you thought of the theme and and what it means this year. 
Yeah, well, we literally, yeah, do that all over the place. <laughs> yes. Um, but then I suppose, the, like, it's a really good theme and I really love every year the theme is just, yep, spot on, like you say. But I think the, the flip side of all of that, when you're working in cultural uh, revival and cultural education, one thing that I've found, and it's happening to me right now, I've, I've just got my voice back after having no voice a couple of days ago and lucky I had a voice last night to sing, but it's the cultural um, fatigue. We're just so exhausted from, from doing everything all the time. So the theme is really apt. It's like, come on, everyone else, come and support those that are, are doing all the, the work out there. And it's all age groups that are doing it. Elders, they're amazing. They're being, like There was elders out last night still still up waiting, you know, when all the lights came on and everyone was leaving. They're all there supporting their community. Yeah. But I know we've got to watch our community members that overdo it because... Mm. We, we as one, the only, you know, women's dance group, it's really a lot of work to get to places and do all these things. So we've got to really focus on ourselves. We can't forget about ourselves, our health or anything. But it's, I say this easily, but then I'm like, no, I've, I need to get out there and, um, you know, do my little part in educating a little bit more about Wadangeti culture because it's such a passion for me, mm. but I've got to watch myself that I don't burn out, which I do every NADOC. <laughs> yeah. But but the theme is everyone else, come on, get up, do it, and show up rather than, I know there's a, there's a few people that talk, but they, they don't do the action. But we, mm. we, we can see it more now, but, yeah, it'd be really great if we had so many more people up there doing it too. Yeah, and it's also, I suppose some people are just wanting to feel comfortable to be able to do that. And I've, yeah. I'm seeing that more, that there are more safe spaces uh, to get up and show up, which is really yeah. good. And I love that advice that you've just given out about, you know, supporting elders, making sure people don't burn out. And yet um, that's probably you need to be looking after yourself too, Maddie, thinking <laughs> yeah. about you. Um, and I'm really glad that you do have your voice back though, because we do have a big trip next week, which I wanted to talk yes. about, um, if that's yeah. all right. Yeah. So we, um, I feel really privileged to have worked, um, with Stacey and yourself through sharing that story that you've been talking about, about the six layers of country and doing that in the space of health and wellbeing yeah. and, um, we're using that, I guess, in the space of teaching medical students and health students who are training to be nurses, dentists, you know, allied health, physio, social work, all the professions at the university. Because I guess we were talking about that idea of indigenizing a space or decolonizing a space. And we want to do that with the health curriculum, with the students. And yep. Um, it's quite hard to do because it's it's been taught in a certain way for a number of years and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, as you've talked about acknowledgement, you know, and not a lot of acknowledgement of the traditional healing that's been happening for thousands of years on this country and how we've looked after each other for so long yeah. and have been here. You know, even that story of, of your family of, I can't believe that potentially at one point there was only the 16 or 18 of you. Um, mm. you know, that were Wurundjeri people and to continue to look after each other in that way that you're such a staunch community now. Um, we wanted to share that. So 
uh, we've tried we've essentially put that into this model this health model and it's really great that we get to share that overseas and we talked a little bit before about first nations over the world uh, so uh, every couple of years there's a conference it's the Pacific Region Indigenous Doctors Conference and uh, essentially Indigenous doctors get together from around the world and so this time it's in Vancouver on Turtle Island and we have First Nations Canadians hosting um, Indigenous uh, Australian doctors, Māori doctors, Indigenous Taiwanese, Native Hawaiian, Native American and it's just a space to share essentially what we're all going through which is that health and well-being since colonization has gone has declined and we're trying to bring it back to what it was pre-colonization and better and so it's really nice that we get to go over to Canada and share this story and share about six layers of country and so um we might be performing the dance and a little yeah. bit about yeah so tell me are you excited tell me what you're expecting tell me what you think well, I, I'm really excited, of course, like that's obvious, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, what I'm um, looking forward to is explaining the six layers of country, but I know that it's a philosophy that we all hold as First Nations people around mm. the world, so I'll, I'm really excited to hear other perspectives on that, because we're pretty close with a, a multicultural group called Tea Honey, mm -hmm. and they have all of these different beautiful i can't recite any of it now though but i, I can't remember it all but the, they're different connections to the stars and the water and and like when they do their movements with their hands representing the smallest of things and honoring and embracing everything around them i just think it's a universal philosophy that has been overlooked for way too long in in the modern world in the western world so mm -hmm. i'm really looking forward to hearing other perspectives and variations of the different layers of country because it's all I can guarantee that every single First Nations community around the world sees country as a spiritual entity. Mm, I completely agree and I'm actually so excited for you to hear the stories because I was actually blown away back in 2018 when we went to Hawaii and we were hearing stories of country in Hawaii which is this you know volcanic country very different um, but very similar stories and very similar connections to ancestors and I swear you could the stories that we were telling I thought I'd heard my elders tell me so I'm really looking forward to you hearing that and and seeing that and us being able to share that together. Yeah, and also the similarities in terms of uh, invasion as well and mm. cultural survival through all that and, you know, reservations and missions and reserves. I'm really intrigued to see how they've kept their culture and, and language and identity alive through all that trauma. Mm. And I thought mm. because we're going just after NADOC, we'll have to tell them what NADOC is and, and yeah. um, share some of that as well. So... Mm -hmm. um, is there any other events that you want to talk about that are coming up this week? Um, let us know where you'll be so that um, everyone can come and see you perform and see you um, present as well. Well, we're, we've got something on every day, but I can't recall any of the, <laughs> the places. <laughs> you need to schedule in front of you, Mandy. Yeah, 
just just um, go somewhere in Nam in Melbourne. You'll see us somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> True. But also um, Saturday night will be oh the NADOC March is on Friday. We'll be there. Yes. And um, most of the juries will be at the state NADOC ball on Saturday. But I'll be on a, a plane on my way to Canada. <laughs> yes, that is right. Um, yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah, so there's lots of got things going on during the week, lots of flag raisings, morning teas. But, yeah, the, yeah. the march is definitely a significant part and everyone's welcome to come to the march, whether you're First Nations or not, to support that. And it is a really nice moment, for, again, for community to just say hello and get together, which is good, but also really important to acknowledge you know, the people that have come before us and the activism that has happened um, across this this land as well. Yeah, and if uh, there's more events that will be uh, posted on the Vic NADOC website. They're all the community events and times and places and where to go. So there's more information on that website. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, cool. is there any other parting words you'd like to say? Otherwise, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah, yeah, because um, we haven't been able to catch up in person recently, but it's, yeah, it's just like having a, a yarn on the phone, not a radio at all. It doesn't feel yeah. like we're on the radio, which it is doesn't. great. Yeah, so I just wanted to say happy NADOC to everybody. Um, get out there, get up, stand up, show up. That is, <laughs> is that it. what it, the theme? Go to all the events that you can because they are family friendly and it'll give you a little spotlight of the beautiful, different, unique culture of Nam, not just Wadangeti culture, but all the local Aboriginal people that live here. The showcase of culture and their talents could be singing, dancing, uh, poetry, could be anything. Look around and there'll be something that you'll enjoy. Yes. Thank you, Mandy, so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed speaking with you and um, I'm looking forward to seeing your exhibition as well. So (laughs) thank you for your time. Thanks, Nari. We'll see you soon. Bye. I'll see you soon. I've had a great afternoon. Um, It's been really great to talk to Mandy and hear about that exhibition. I love being able to connect with traditional custodians of the land that I'm on. And so to have this moment while I'm here in Nam is a really great feeling for me. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. As I said, my name is Nari Blow and um, thank you for listening in today. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity, a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R every Sunday afternoon. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU.